0: Hello and welcome to the Wolves Report. I'm Ryan Lesser and thank you for joining us for the first episode of the year, which is now episode 84 in total. Tonight, we'll be looking back to the Chelsea and Brentford game and go to a deeper analysis of the Everton player and match performance. We're gonna look at the January window. What do you want? What do we want? What are realistic expectations? Take your questions and look ahead to Friday night's FA Cup game for the TV uh, against Brentford um i am got delighted to have back my two midfield generals in the form of Noki and tyler and we are delighted to welcome back we spent all of the autumn january sorry autumn spring summer budget on bbc wm's daz hale who has joined us to add some maturity and expertise to the show right, I'm yeah. <laughs> I love nine points out of nine it was quite an incredible festive period for wolverhampton wanderers On the show, we had one point predicted. We had four points. We had one win. Wolves have surprised everybody. I don't think nobody saw nine points out of nine coming at all. BBC WM's Daz
1: Howe was at Molineux on Christmas Eve, where it was Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Chelsea 1. Indeed I was. And it was the um, I was there for the Everton game. But the one on Christmas Eve was actually the first time in 13 months I've been able to use my season ticket. So I was there in the South Bank um, meeting up with friends who I hadn't stood by for a long time. And that in itself was special because I know a lot of people, I absolutely respect why some people didn't go uh, for what you know, because it was Christmas Eve. But I think it's it's easy to forget now because so, so much has happened in the last like 10 days. We went into that game after what happened at West Ham. And the teams below Sheffield United had got that draw at Villa, but Luton and Burnley had both won. And we went into that game seven points clear of the bottom three. And thinking, well, hang on, you know, we, we need to get once it gets below ten, I start to get a little bit twitchy. Oh, um, sure. and I thought we were fantastic. And um I think we could control the game for long periods. Obviously, Raheem Sterling spent most of it rolling around on the floor. And credit <laughs> to the referee. Was it was Coot? Was it the ref? I can't remember. him. just kept telling him to yes, get I think on. It was Coot, yeah. He bogged yeah. him right on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. The first time he did it in the penalty area, he, he actually right there. you go. And it was a strong referee. He weren't pulling up with anything. And um, I think that just set the tone for the rest of Christmas, just to get to that 10-point uh, margin again. And it, it just calmed me down and I think a few other people down as well.
0: What, what was interesting about that, Tyler, I would, I would say at the start of that game, it looked like one-way traffic, it looked like a matter of time of when Chelsea are going to score, but there was that breaking play when Aitnori went down, injured, and Gary O'Neill brought his troops over, and he was telling everyone, he was pointing it out, and from then onwards, he looked like a different wolf.
2: Yeah, a bit of- I can swear, can't I? A bit of Schisshauser from Wolves, wasn't it, for once? Which, again, we, we talked about wanting to see a bit more of. Didn't look very injured to me. Mm-hmm. I made those tactical tweaks. I mean, you'd probably have to be a bit of an expert. There were massive changes, but every we did totally worked and, and nullified them. It was a bit of a funny game, really. Um, I think if Chelsea go one the up, and obviously we're talking in hindsight, do we come back? I'm not sure. The, The Sarce from Sterling was the turning point in the game, wasn't it really? Um, And it seemed to give us a lift and and confidence. And yeah, once we scored, I could only see one winner really. I I think they got off to the goal to make it squeaky-bum time, last four or five minutes. But when Doherty scored, pretty comfortable weren't we? We thought that was that and, and it turned out to be. Daz, it was
0: a game, as you talked about, that sort of split opinions on when it was. But I myself, I, I couldn't go that night. I, I, I had responsibilities at home, but from everyone I've spoke to about the game, it sounded like Molyneux was back, and it was a, a it was a performance to be proud of. But the fact the fans were well on top again.
1: Yeah, I think it, again it started a bit subdued. I thought again probably because it's Christmas Eve and it's early, and it, and but I think once the game got going, the crowd, but fans especially, Wolf, Wolf Center, can get behind the team if they see that they're, they're being progressive and they're being. Aggressive, I don't necessarily mean kicking people, just aggressive with, with their mentality and, and the way that they played. And um, So I thought it was terrific. And um, again, it's, it's a, supposedly another big scalp, but um, we've got our issues, but they've spent a billion pounds and they're not a team. <laughs> I think, are you still there, Dad? So We've lost you a little bit. Yeah, you go. yeah, yeah, still here. Yeah. I just a bunch of individuals. I think that's just set the tone and... Again, the way we finished that game so strongly, and when Gary O'Neill first came in, he made a point of saying a few times that the players weren't fit enough. Not, I don't think that was having a go to with because the way Wolves were playing under Lopetegui was a lot more uh, pragmatic, wasn't it, I suppose? He wants to be more front-foot. He wants to press. And to be able to continue to do that for 100 minutes, you need to be a lot fitter than Wolves were when he came in. But you're beginning to see it now, aren't you? And... Um, Again, I mean, I know we're going to fast forward, but even on Saturday, third game in six days, and they were still running around on, in the 100th minute against Everton. It was the first five minutes. That shows just how far they've progressed already, fitness-wise and conditioning-wise. Yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic game, uh, Nokia, to send
0: everyone happy into Christmas. I've never experienced it before, your team winning on Christmas Eve. Well, I don't really remember my t- experiencing my team winning much at Christmas, to be honest, but... Fast forward then a few days. We couldn't play on Boxing Day because of how close the games were. But then Wolves went to Brentford the day after Boxing Day. We thought we'd had well, did you see that coming, knocker Your your take on Brentford won
3: Wolves for. <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. But I think Daz touched on a good point actually when he said that Chelsea were a team of individuals. Um during the West Ham game, after that match, we had, you know, we spoke about it on here and I said that I didn't think individually we were we were great. I don't think we've got a great bunch of players. I think we've got a few players who can perform at times and can and can impact games. But what for Wolves to win games, everyone has to play well. And he's absolutely found a system that's allowed them to do that over the last three games. And I thought going into Brentford, I was a little bit nervous about that one because they're um they've got a few players missing, but they've got a little bit of pace down the down the wings. Carter Vickers and, and Wissa in particular were, were a concern. But it was just a really strong performance, and it was really they were really sharp as well, considering when they played played on, on Christmas Eve and you know Nathan Collins, I I don't dislike Collins at all. <laughs> I don't dislike Collins. I think he's a you know, he didn't do anything wrong for us. He just he was the right player at the wrong time potentially, but he's had an absolute disaster. But I think what was what was important for me on that one was that we actually punished a team who made mistakes. And how often do you see a team make a mistake and we, we haven't been ruthless. We were ruthless. We were clinical. We were expecting the issues. I mean the 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 second in particular, hanging so sharp onto that, and he's he's anticipated where the, the back pass is going to go. He's nipped it around him and he scored. I thought his second finish was was absolutely top classy for you know a Messi or someone like that scoring a goal of that quality. Then they don't shut up about it, do they? And it was just the anticipation, couldn't you, for the fourth as well? He's he's read what he's going to do and he's intercepted it. He hasn't blasted it a goal. He's played a sensible ball across for Bellegarde. It was just a a really. Good, honest performance, and we were under some pressure as well. They they put us on the back foot in the second half. Didn't create a great deal. I think we were quite happy to sit, soak it up, and then and then try and hit them on the break. But it just felt like a really good Premier League performance. It was it was just intelligent the way we played, and it was, it was just lovely to score goals and be absolutely ruthless. I think we had four shots on target, scored four goals, and then we hit the post with the you know one off target. So th- there's no real criticisms you can take from the game. It was a superb setup. It was a superb tactical masterclass and, and the finishing was top draw Tyler we've
0: talked about a long time creating chances but Wolves didn't create a load of chances but they were absolutely brutal in what they did at Brentford and I know I, know, I want to give a bit of credit to your man Sarabia for that ball for Mario yeah. Lamina at the start he's starting to now that running the team Wolves are benefiting from it he's benefiting from it he seems to be that little bit of magic in and around the box when you want someone to have a three ball to play you want it to be
2: him yeah, it's about time I got something right, isn't it? Because <laughs> everything else this season has been totally wrong. So I, I just knew with him, you, I said, you know, I'm a purist and you can just tell a footballer can't you? sometimes. And it takes time, doesn't it? Not many foreigners or, or players that haven't played in this league come in and make an impact week one. So, I think you know, he's sort of got to grips with it, a bit more physical. He's not got any pace, we know that, but he doesn't need pace for his game. And he's contributing, isn't he? His, his stats per minute are as good as any of the forwards we've got. You know, Neto, Wang, and And what a nice problem to have, you know. Neto coming back in, you know, four options for three places. I know Wang's going to be gone for a few weeks now, isn't he? But Bellegard as well scores. I mean, we've now got four or five genuine forward options that we haven't really had probably since... Well, since whenever, really, even under Nuno, it was sort of not a Yota or a wasn't it? And, and him and there. So we've got four or five options now and you're almost happy with whoever plays out of them lot. You know, you, they all are almost doing enough to warrant their place in the team. So long may it continue. I, Someone
1: think,
2: else? Um, I was going to say, Thomas Frank
1: said after that game that it wasn't a 4-1 game and I actually tend to agree with him a little bit in as much as I think at 3-1, even with five minutes to go or 10 minutes to go, you still, I'm not comfortable. I still think if they <laughs> score here then it's going to be, you see, it wasn't until we get the fourth goal, but you're absolutely right. And I actually did feel a little bit shell-shocked afterwards, thinking, what? Wolves have just scored four times in a game and we've won away from home, we've won in London. So it was almost a little bit surreal. So I think it was only afterwards I could really appreciate what we'd done, because I was still very much on edge until that fourth goal went in, I don't know about yeah. you.
0: Yes, I am. What what I liked as well, Daz, was that a slight tweak to the tactics. Sort of, you could see Brentford at three one in the second half. They were pushing, and then I think there was a slight tweak. Did Walls bring maybe bring an extra midfielder on? But there was a tweak to the system. Then it was like we have what we hold, and we'll just counter. And although well, Brentford had lots of the ball after that tweak, I didn't really feel like we were under pressure. Possession and territorially we were, but
1: there was nothing flying past the keeper, and Jose I well, wasn't getting battered. Yeah, and and he said it a number of times now that. Um... He is changing, I mean, you touched upon it a few moments ago with the Chelsea game, that he does change things within a game and he expects the players. Mm-hmm. And he says they're getting more to the point now where they're beginning to recognise it themselves. And I, I think this um, this myth, all footballers are stupid. Well, I'll tell you why. You, if you want to sit in on one of those uh, tactical sessions when they start going through the analytics of it all, it's in elite football, a Premier League footballer now, has to play the game in their head as much as with their feet and uh, credit to the players that they're adapting to it as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, old, the idea of having an identity, what why are we going to play? I don't think that's going to exist anymore. And with five substitutes, games are changing, players are having to be a lot more flexible as well. And I think he got it hopelessly wrong at West Ham. I still don't know what on earth he was doing at West Ham. No need to press West Ham
0: when they want to be pressed.
1: Back with three wins and three tactical masterclasses.
0: Yeah, Brentford was fantastic. I mean, I just, I wasn't expecting it. I don't think anyone was, but a special mention as well for Hwangi Chan. I know he only played sort of like 40 minutes or so in that game, but the anticipation to read the Collins pass, I think you have to credit that. People say it's a tapping, but you've still got to put the effort in. You've got to, as soon as Collins' back was turned, he was making that run. He anticipated it, nipped in front of the keeper. And as you mentioned, that second goal was just, his second goal was just wonderful. The little clip over the defender and the volley under the keeper was just, these are conversations I was not expecting to be having about Hank Wanky Chan a year ago, and I'm delighted that we're all wrong about him. So long, mate, continue. I hope he comes back fresh, I mean, and, and, and healthy. When, when, when last time he was away with Korea, come back from the World Cup, he was. that's when he sort of become revitalised, really. And hopefully that international trip again does the same and he kicks on again. So 10 goals in 20 Premier League games isn't something I thought would be possible for him, but delighted to be wrong. Fantastic, Wangi Chan. Many other great performances that night as well, but I, I want to focus more on the Everton game now, the more recent where we can talk about the player performances more. Um, you are watching episode 84 of the Wolves Report with BBC WM's Daz Hale, Mark Knott, Chris Tyler and myself, Ryan's Lester. This show comes out live. You can comment on Twitter, Facebook or YouTube. We'll get up any, as many comments as we can. I've done that so far. Lots of people wishing us Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys as well. And thank you for joining us for episode 84. Knocky, we were six points out of six. I don't want to say it felt like a free hit against Everton because that's a ridiculous thing to say, but you thought you'd done your work over Christmas. If you'd have taken off of six points before, you'd have absolutely taken it. But Wolves saved the best till last. I cannot recall a Wolves performance as complete as that performance against Everton where it finished Wolves three, Everton nil.
3: I think out of the three games we had, this is one I was probably most worried about. Um, I think Chelsea, have, you know, you never know what you're going to get with them. We knew that Brentford had injuries. I feel like Everton had turned a corner. They, they'd knocked away that 10-point that deduction they'd had, and they looked a decent side, especially in midfield. And then, you know, we, we lost Mario. Um, obviously, you know, all the best to him and his family. We understand the reasons behind that. But it still leaves a hole in our midfield that we're trying to fill. And I was concerned that that Gomez-Lomina partnership isn't going to be as effective with Doyle or with with Bubakar if he was to come in. So I was a little bit concerned about it. But some of the football we played and some of the some of the passing, some of the movement we were taking players on. Huang was Huang and Cunya in particular, I thought were we're just creating so many problems for them defensively. The movement, the pace, they were pulling people out of position. We had midfielders filling that space. We had defenders moving on. and It, just, it was just such a complete performance, like you say. I mean, we've seen Wolves win and we've seen them have a, a decent 45 or a decent 60 minutes. And even against Brentford, I think Daz touched on it, that we were never comfortable in that game. You never felt the game was out of out of sight. This one, as soon as the first hit the net, you didn't really see a way back for Everton because of the way we were playing. It was mm. just... It was such a mature performance. And and one of the things we spoke at after the West Ham game was we didn't really pass with any kind of intent. We didn't really seem to have a, a plan of what we wanted to do with the ball. Whereas every time West Ham had the ball, you knew exactly what they were trying to do. They were breaking the lines. and But we were exactly the same. Every pass was, was full of intent. Every time we had the ball, you could see what we were looking to try and do. We were trying to break. We were trying to hit the flanks. We we're just, were just operating at such a high level in that game. And it certainly wasn't the performance I was... Particularly expecting, especially on the back of having three games in you know six six odd days. It was it was just fantastic to watch. And I think they probably got away with 3-0 when we had a couple of goals disallowed as well. But I think on the balance of play, if Wolves would have hit five or six in that game, I really don't think they could have complained.
0: Daz the the performance was absolutely tremendous. And traditionally, this is a game, Sean Dyke, Everton, in the past, Wolves would be bullied. I mean, I've got Memories of that 4-0 at home, Chris Wood hat-trick at Molyneux. Wolves were just battered and bruised and kicked that day. But and I, and I say this in the most sincere ways in terms
1: of football, but Wolves were the bullies, and I really liked it. I I think we all thought it was going to be a battle. We all thought it was going to be a scrap. Mm-hmm. And yet, I agree with, uh, with Naki that from the first whistle, Wolves were in total control. They were fitter, they were stronger, yeah. they were sharper, mm-hmm. and... There was a real swagger about Wolves, and it got to the point where, I mean, like, couldn't enjoy it at Brentford until we scored the fourth. We We've about to enjoy it against Chelsea, then they scored to make it 2-1. <clears throat> Saturday, as soon as that second goal went in, it was a question of how many. I mean, Sean Dykes they were tired. Well, they played the same amount of games as Wolves. in. and we time. had less rest, didn't we? Yeah. It was... It, it just made me feel that at the start of the season... I think we know what happened the fire sale in the summer, the departure of Lopotegi just before the season started. Everybody, I thought, me included, thought it was going to be a season to endure. It's now going to be a season to enjoy because we're virtually safe already. We've got 28 points. Probably need, worst case scenario, two more wins because over the last five, six years, 34, 35 is enough. I'd only up with that many this year. So, Let's get those six points as soon as we can and then enjoy the ride. And it's going to be a completely different season. It just feels after a couple of years of treading water that now that we can actually tap the handbrake up and just look ahead and feel as if it's a club that's beginning to progress again. And hopefully with the finances being, uh, the purse strings being loosened next summer as well, hopefully we've... We've, we've um, managed to negotiate the choppy waters. I mean I've all these, all these water analogies, and hopefully now we can we can look forward to the next couple of three years.
0: Tyler, you you like me and well, all of us really, we want to see the purest of the purest form of football. But we're all concerned on Saturday the the miss, the absence, the understandable miss of, of Mario Lamina was going to be a big one because his presence, his performances, his goals recently, he's a huge miss. But that performance without him, it felt like it was for him, a team mm. that was all for him. But going back to that pure side of the game, that that football is as good and as pure as a team wolf since I can't even remember the last time there was that much football. You can
2: hear the gr- in the ground, oh, oh <laughs> I'm hearing it. And you're like... This is so good. Steady on, so I know it's past nine o'clock, but steady on. Some of <laughs> Imagine when someone's listening to this. Who's <laughs> in the other room next door. <laughs> but it was, it, a, and I mean, you know, you've done well when you've got people sort of trying to find a man of the match and there's four or five names and, and you, you couldn't pick one, I don't think. I, I personally thought Joe Grammers was outstanding. I thought he made, he made up for Lamina's loss and he just let, Play and pick his passes. I mean, the move where he had the shot that Pickford saved. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I, I don't remember Wolves putting a move it was like, like
0: that. you know the goal the Wolves goal against Spurs about 15 20 years ago under McCarthy with about 52 passes. Yeah, Dave yeah. Jones this, scored, I think yeah.
2: This was better. This was just sharp and quicker. Passed, and, yeah, they all just they just were all like I think they were just all on the same page. They all know exactly what they were doing. The runs were perfect. And I mentioned for Wang, because I'm his biggest critic. I haven't seen James Tarkowski that rattled for yeah. a long time. He bullied, long time. Him. Wang, he bullied he, him. He bullied him. And he I just thought he was a walking red card. I'm surprised he sort of managed to calm down a bit to see the game out. But oh, you could you could list off every player, but for me, Gomez was just imperious in midfield. He did he was everywhere and yeah, five, six, nil. I thought Pickford was outstanding for them, and that tells you a lot. If so, we've won 3-0. He made some brilliant saves. Um, and I think you're right, I think that could be the most complete performance I've seen from Wolves in the Premier League ever.
0: Yeah, it was good, it was it was unbelievably good. But what we're talking about performances then, let's go through and I'll start off because Quite frankly, he could have had Father Christmas in goal and he wouldn't have had nothing to do. But Jose Sarr had literally nothing to do. Everton didn't have a shot on target. I think he claimed confidently a few crosses in his distribution. He wasn't really pressed. But Jose Sarr, clean sheet, nothing to do, easy performance. But um, Daz, I know we've talked to him about him a lot, but I can't talk highly enough about how good... And what Craig Dawson does, particularly when he's faced with a big centre forward, who's his challenge for the day. And yet again, he's nullified a big Premier League powerhouse.
1: Balon Dawson. And uh, both goals now have come against teams from Merseyside as well, haven't they? He's terrific. And West Ham didn't want him to go, did they? He got the contract situation and he wanted to move back up here. and he He just goes about his business quietly, just assuredly. And again, in a three... I think when when it's him and Kilman or him and whoever in a two, it's a little bit more hair and scare. They found a way now, and they found again. This a lot of history with Gary O'Neill. They found a way of getting him deep with the player and not giving like whether it be Harland or whether it be Watkins or whoever the chance, not the chance to to have much space to move into. And I thought he marshaled. Well, he, he just he marshaled uh, Calvert Lewin. Just it was. Mm. It's complete, all afternoon, wasn't it? Because when I knew Calvert Lewin was was playing, I thought oh, this is going to be, this is going to be challenging. But he won the first header, and he never really had a stiff all afternoon, apart from that one opportunity after straight after the first goal, which was a hard chance, really. I suppose he was fantastic. Um, obviously, with the goal as well, he's uh, a,
0: a well from a great ball from Kuna Does he's the reaction just to turn it into the keeper? Lovely finish. Noki moving on to captain Max. Um, another sc- another goal scoring center back um again it looked like an easy afternoon for max but the, when he's given time to play football that guy oozes class
3: yeah i mean similar to to Dawson he just kind of goes about his business doesn't he and i think if if one of the center hours plays well the other one's probably going to play well as well because they they've just got a real good partnership and they've got a real good understanding of each other and and obviously totty as well but it was just a very it was a very he felt like a leader. It's the first time I've looked at him and not just seen him as a, yeah, as a good centre-half. I saw him as a leader. He was, con- seemed to be controlling things on the pitch. He got the opening goal for us, which was, you know, he might be a, a, a toe poke from four yards, but he's got to be there to finish it. I thought he was dominant in the air. You know, Calvert-Lewin, he's got his critics, but I still think he's a, he's a good footballer. I think he can play and he can score goals. And a handful, isn't he? He's a handful, but we could just seem to control him. And I think Daz mentioned it. We, we found a system that doesn't allow space in behind. And I think if you've got a you know, a defensive pairing or a defensive trio and you you're playing against a team who've been in relatively good form, all right. The last couple of results haven't been great. But if they've been in re- relatively decent form, and you can stop them having a shot on target for ninety minutes. Then you, you've got to be doing something right, and especially if both your centre halves are on the goals on the goal sheet as well. So, it was a good performance. It was a it was a captain's performance, which is where I want his game to go. We know he can defend. We know he can play there, but I think as a as a leader, I want to see a little bit more from him. And that was kind of the first indication. The last three games, really, that that we mm-hmm. we're getting that from him now, when he's developing as a player and as a person,
1: is the way it feels to me at the minute. Yeah, I think it was telling as well. And obviously he'd scored the goal, but he was the one who went to get the shirt and the yeah. captain shirt. And I think it's another key point about Saturday because one of the things that they've been saying in the dressing room and building up to the game is don't get giving away any cheap set pieces. Because clearly with the Sean Dyche team, that's their meat and drink. And I can't really remember how many corners they had. Two or three, they didn't have any free kicks, anything. So again, that... That was um, that was good from what and I thought the referee had a decent game as well, by and large. And we spent a lot of my time this year slaughtering referees. But I mentioned Coote earlier in, in the Chelsea game, and I, I, it was, a, it was, was he was what was his name, the guy this week, he's pretty new, isn't he? Um, Fanning or Manning. But anyway, I thought he had a decent game and let the game flow as much as he could, and credit to him.
3: I think all three referees. I mean, we're quick to give them a little bit of stick, yeah. and especially VAR. I thought all three games, you didn't notice the referee, which is the mark of a good referee for me. Uh,
0: Tyler, moving on to uh, one of our favourite topics and players, Toti Gomez. Um, it's no coincidence that Toti Gomez looks way more comfortable when he's next to a footballer with the talent of Ryan Nori. So,
2: Gomez, clean sheet. Was he troubled against Everton at all? I think it's easier as well, this sounds bad, but I think it's easier as well when you haven't really got a quality player up against you. And, and he didn't on Saturday, I don't think. He struggled big time at Brentford, um, but he came in and, and was excellent. He's going to be without Aiden for the next two or three games, presumably. Um, yeah. So if what you've just said is true, that'll be a test for him. Sort of what Nocky said, it, it sounds really basic, but when they play well as a unit, they play well. And when they look a bit shaky as a unit, they all look a bit shaky, don't they? But he was fine. I think he, he, he's he got that position his now, hasn't he? While Aiton is there and he hasn't really got to get forward, he hasn't really got to do too much, has he? He's quite comfortable in getting the ball now and either just checking inside and playing it or passing it to or he, he doesn't have to do too much with that side of his game. So, you know what, I, I, think, I, think, it, I think it is with, we, good. with Tote
0: is that you could pass Ain't Norrie the ball anywhere and you could hit it at him as hard as you like. That guy is so comfortable on a football. And when you've got that get-out pass every time, he's not afraid to... He does Ain't Norrie will come and collect in front of two or three people and he's not fussed, so he's going to be a big miss. But we're on the topic of Ain't Norrie, Daz. One of the most, if not the most, naturally gifted left-backs in the Premier League.
1: Oh, 100%. And I think, taking back to the Toti Gomez thing, is that... When Ray Nury first came, I think he scored on his debut, didn't he, against football? Crystal Palace? Yeah, and he was a bit up and down, and he was a bit raw, and it took him a couple of years, and then the last manager didn't even fancy him, and bomb him out the door. I think it's it's easy to forget that the Toti Gomez has been a first-team player for just over a year, wasn't he? I think he's, he's, he made a, played a couple of games, and he scored at Liverpool, didn't he? We thought he got the winner in the Cup, and I think he's still pretty raw, and I think he's still learning, and um, but when you give him a job to do, when it was the Aston Villa game, he was man-marking Moussa Diarby to the point where they had to yeah. take him off. And he didn't get a kick. So that side of his game is good. But I think, again, when he's got Ryan Aitnori alongside him, it just frees him up a little bit more to let him just concentrate on the defending side of it. And, and with Aitnori, it'd be he's up there now. Well, I think he's up there with, with the best now. And he's, yeah. he's, he's added consistency to his game. And, again, when you think, as I said a few moments ago, that the last manager... Who it felt like when you look back at it, it was actually doing us, felt like he was doing us a favour being here. Let you know I you know I'll I'll come when I'm ready. I'll come. This guy now is getting the best out of him, and I think Gary O'Neill is getting the best out of all of the players. Now they've really bought into what he wants to do, and it's for the first time. since new now. Now I feel there's a real connection, and I just feel as if it's a club now that's that's going that's progressing again.
0: Absolutely. Noki, tell me about Nelson Tomado. Um I know he, he really splits opinion, Nelson, but if he could just add quality in the final third, he'd be some footballer, but it's a, sol- a solid game. And I thought, considering that's his third game in six days, that guy did not stop.
3: I thought he played well. He, he pays the price for his lack of a final ball or his lack of... Maybe intelligence in the final third. He, he doesn't pick the right pass. He doesn't do the right thing. But I think other than that, he's. I don't think there's many better than him in that position at the moment. I think he's really, he's strong, he's physical. There was a moment where he cut inside and beat a couple of players with some really quick, fancy footwork. And he, he's... <laughs> He feels like a different player to me this season. He feels like he's got a new lease of life. He seems to really enjoy being there. I don't know if Gary Neal's got inside his head as I well. I think he's but, carrying the ball. He looks free when he's carrying. Yeah, I, I think he's done He's done this with a couple of players. I mean, with Sarabia, he spent most of his time last season getting chalk on his boots, whereas O'Neal's just said to him, go and do what you want, go and play wherever you want. Do what you want, and your, your quality is going to shine through. And I kind of feel like he's doing that with a few of the players, and Nelson in particular. I mean, after we beat, I think it was after we beat Chelsea, he blasted a bit of profanity in front of the TV, and that's not something you'd expect from him. He's just not really shown any signs of that previously. But it was just raw passion, and there just seems to be something about him now that he's, he's he wants to be there. You feel like he wants to be part of the club, and I kind of get that with all of them. I don't, I don't get the impression now we've got a. A Nunes who's here for a, a quick deal and he wants a, he wants out the door. It feels like the players as Daza are invested in what they're no doing. There's no uh, egos. No, there's no. They're working for each other, and you know, all three goals are run over and got Lamina's shirt because that's what it means to them as a team. So I thought he, he played really well. When you've got eight already on the other side, you know you, you're not going to shine in that position because he's the one who's going to take the ball forward. He's the one who's going to advance you into the areas. Samir does a different kind of job where he'll try to defensively be solid, but for me, he was as good as anybody else on the pitch because I just thought he was really intelligent, really solid, did his job to a tee. And, and again, he's in a he's in a defensive unit which hasn't conceded a goal or a shot. So, a good And thought. now I know you've
1: gone to the FA Cup, Ryan, but I think it's it's also worth, you know, we know that Ryan Atnori's gone away and Hwangi chan has gone away. Uh, I think it's worth noting, we don't actually have a Premier League match now to the 22nd of January for three weeks. So, I want us to win the FA Cup. I want us to book. As regards points and Premier League, then um, we we don't play to the twenty second. So it has got a, It's not quite as um, mm. potentially as it sounds when you say all oh, these players are going away for four or five weeks. They may not miss that many games. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's been a kind from a hectic run of fixtures. I actually thought when Everton hadn't. I don't think is Everton who did we play No, Brentford didn't have a game for ten days. You could see Brentford were a little bit stiff at the start, yeah. and we, we caught them out. Um, just going back to Wolves 3, Everton 0, Tyler. Um, Matthias Cooner looked every bit Wolves' record signing. That guy now, when he's playing, he's beating people, he's linking, he's scoring goals, and now he's making goals. None of us thought he would get double figures at the start of the season. We all said that. But he now he looks a complete player, and he looks so settled and enjoying his time at Wolves, Tyler.
2: Yeah. I want to talk more about him? Um, I just liked his goal. I liked he, you know, scored yeah. from three yards out. I like that because getting that position. Yeah, that's probably the only little thing we've been saying about him. Is he a Not a natural finisher, but is he that? Has he got that desire? You know, you know what I mean. Like a, to get on the end of a cross, to be a bit Steve Bull-esque and just be in the right place at the right time. And I loved his goal just purely for that reason. And he smashed it home. And his performance was. Imperius. I, I can't remember many better all-round centre. Everything pickers. wasn't it. Everything it was just Swimming deep, turning, playing it, shooting, everything. It was just perfect. Um, like I said, like, I can't remember a better one. I mean, we, we've been spoiled with him and as in his prime, and obviously the older ones of us, have, you know, seem bully. But this guy's got it all to be another like cult hero because you can just tell he's a nice guy and he just loves playing football and loves playing football. So. He can go as far as he wants, really. I think he's that good. He's got everything he'd want, everything from a from yeah. a forward. Both footage,
0: takes people on, can, can run with the ball, making goals and now scoring goals. It's, you, you can see now why well, Wolves paid a huge fee because
1: yeah, he yeah, now yeah. looks every bit a top-draw Premier League footballer. I am um, going to say that um, I think one of the major differences this season is this manager is encouraging players to drive forward with the ball. So we've talked yeah. about Cooper. Kurt- We've talked about um, Ryan eight Norrie. Obviously, there's Neto to a, to a lesser degree. guard. you have got uh, Wang who's been encouraged to get in behind. So now, instead of playing safety football and checking back, yeah, being encouraged to carry the ball, take it forward, yeah. drive it forward. Won't always work, but it does. That's the difference in the mentality now. Yeah. And he's but he's don't mind
2: that does, do we? we? We don't mind if that doesn't work. No, we used to mind it when we'd get to the halfway line and check and go back and. We all said on this podcast that we've had enough of that. We've just had enough of it. And now, like you said, you've got five players all happy just to spin. That's and run. Well, we, we talked about He's another one. now
1: he? he's been in college. Yeah. If, you, if you're a footballer as well, surely
0: this this is music to your ears. Don't stop and turn and find a definite pass. Have a go at yeah. you, man. And if you lose it, like I think, I'm think i not sure if it was Tyler or you said it, Daz, at the, at the, at the very start of um, this season. These guys now have been given the licence. They've got to stop you 10 times out of 10. You've only got to beat them once. And if you have that mentality and driving forward, you can see all the forwards are loving playing football. Uh, and look at the
3: goals return, though. I mean, we've equaled, I think we, we equaled last year's tally or one behind it. I think we're a couple off got, already,
0: yeah.
3: And we've got weaker players, arguably, in those positions without your Jimenez and your Troy Orres and Neves and people like that. So he's found a system. He's found a way of making and play. And they're enjoying their football. And it, you can just see it all over the pitch.
1: Well, it's 30 goals in 20 league matches. But if you want to add to the two cup games, it's 37 goals in 22 matches. Now, I know it's five against Blackpool. I don't care. It's still 37 yeah. goals. Goals 20. a
0: goal. That's a, that's a massive improvement. That's why
2: we're having a for them stats, isn't it? Uh, that's why we're having <laughs> that's, that, that's why he's back
0: <laughs> look, look at it, Look at the library sitting. This guy's sat in the <laughs> library, yeah. dishing out stats, knocking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, tell me about Pablo, Pablo, Pablo Sarabia and the impact now. He's finally having on the team with a man of his talent.
3: He, he was a player I was hundred percent sure would be out the door if not last summer. This this window coming up, and he's just been brilliant. He's so composed. He's such an intelligent head, and. We completely wasted him. I think Lopetegui wasted him with what he was doing with him because he was making him get, he making play wide, which didn't suit him. He hasn't got any pace, but he's got such a football brain. And, and I think it was him who played um, Huang through for Cunha's goal with just yeah. an intelligent. Just he, he doesn't even look at the pass; he just knows exactly what to do and bang. He's played it blind and, and Huang's in behind, and and you know the ball's in the back of the net. So he just. As I said earlier, he's, he's not in a position now where he's regimented in what he's got to do. It almost feels like Gary O'Neill said, you know how to play football. You know what you need to do. Go out there and find those pockets. And he just finds little little bubbles all over the pitch, little pockets of space. And he reminds me, he's similar to a bit of a Cesc Fabregas in the way that he plays. I'm not saying he's at that level, but he always was always in space. Every time the ball came to him, he was never in trouble. He was always in space. And he had the ability to, to know where that pass was going to be. He could pick the runners out. And, he, you know, it doesn't always work, similar to the to taking people on, but he'll always look for that forward pass now. And he, he was just such a composed performance. And, you know, as I said, I'd, I'd written him off. I thought he was finished at Wolves. Now I think he's one of the first name on the team sheet. He's had a
1: good time,
0: quite many, I think. Yeah. Quite, quite often, I think footballers... Enjoy playing with other technical footballers. Enjoy playing with technical footballers. And I don't think it's any surprise that that Doyle and Sarabia linked up a lot in that game because that short, shot passes, that's what they want to play in. That's their, that's their game. Um, Daz, um, again, I didn't think we'll be saying this, but Quangie Chan's leaving some big big boots to fill for the next few weeks. But again, as Tyler said earlier on, he's bullied Tarkovsky
1: and he looked like a proper number nine on Saturday. It wasn't Saturday, remember, but yeah. It was. And um, I was a little bit cutted from he didn't get his goal because obviously he had the one disallowed for offside. There's a couple in the first 10 minutes when he got in behind as well. And that was a terrific save from Pickford. But he's now the real deal. And again, we were talking before we came on air, all of a sudden now transfer window time. There's all sorts of people being linked and there's all stories about everyone. I think that's great. It just shows that they're actually at the top of their game. And I think there's more to come from him as well. And again, it's just been, if you look at this this manager, this coach, he's he's found a way of improving players. And I think we've talked about three or four now. Um, and with and with Wang, it's got to the point now where he just, he seems to embrace the pressure because when you go there now, we I don't think we actually un, understand the magnitude of just how big a deal he is, especially over, you know, in South Korea and there's fans coming out and watching him. He's the poster boy. There's a lot of pressure on him. And yet he, he, he plays with humility. He's a team player. And I just feel like there's more to come. I really feel as if he's just going to get better and better.
0: Yeah, it's great to be having this conversation. And um, if he carries on this ratio and ends up with 20 goals this season, I'm not sure that he will. But that that would be absolutely incredible. Um, last but not least, as a, as, a, as a double act here, Tyler, Tommy Doyle and Jao Gomez, the area of the pitch absolutely dominated Everton. Mm.
2: I haven't got enough word. I, th- I thought they were both outstanding, and I mean, how old are they between them? Like, are they twenty-one and twenty-two? Or something? Yeah, I'm, I'm my age. Yeah, and I think
1: we're playing darts,
2: aren't it? I don't know. I just watched the darts, and you think about that. You think, well, he's sixteen, but then you think about them two, and and they were imperial. Like, you know, they were genuinely brilliant, and. For for kids so young to put performances like that. And I was really happy for Doyle because he struggled at Sheffield United when he last he started. I was so happy for him because they were big boots to fill, like you just mentioned Fangs. Lamina was Lamina's probably in the form of his life, arguably, isn't he? And we didn't notice he wasn't there at all. And I think that's the biggest compliment you can play to him. I love the way he gets it and his first instinct is is forwards. Can I get us moving forward? Can I get us on an attack? Um, it, they're just complementary the it to the perfect but, life. Sorry, I was to say you've got the option, you could have gone bu- Bubacar Traore,
1: he got Hodge fit again as well on the bench who like who loves a bit of a scrap but instead he went for the footballer against an Everton team and I think again nice.
2: Gary O'Neill. Absolutely. And even when um, slightly different but even when Bubacar came on a couple of his touches were beautiful. Yeah. That little really touch he nice. did on the run was fantastic. Yeah, got us onto a couple of attacks. I mean, Again, we talked about the forward positions, but if you can have four or five centre midfielder players in that type of form, happy days. You know, we're going to talk about transfers, but I'm almost inclined at the moment to think, sod it, let's just keep these boys playing together.
0: Perfectly taken into the direction of transfers there for the that's next what on, That's what you have
2: me on, Ryan. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I just need
0: Lockie to do something now. And we've complete, completed the set. You're oh, watching no, you episode briff. 84 of The Wolves <laughs> Report with club captain Mark Knott, director of football Chris Tyler, and BBC WM's Daz Hale, nicely taken into the transfer window, which opened on Monday. As Tyler said, this is a really, really interesting time now. How much do you want to break what's coming? Pedro Neto isn't going to go. I don't think we're going to see any outgoings. We know Fabio's gone. If we get another number nine in, which we probably will, Sasa Kalajic will probably go. Daz, how much do you want to change this? Do, do we continue with what we've got? Do we get the nine that suits the profile, a mobile, strong centre-forward that can link the play and also probably turn and go as well? If, if For me, if Wolves just did that, that win this window, I think i will be quite happy.
1: I was talking to Mike Taylor about this on Saturday before the game and he was saying, you know, has the way Wolves have done so well this season possibly caused a bit of a rethink in January as regards keep your powder dry and go full value next summer? Because it's not, it depends what it depends what they want to do and what the, where, where they want to go this season, isn't it? I mean, I'd written down the names of the ones reporting 12 months ago which completely saved us, like Cunha, Dawson, Lamina, Gomez. What a window. Without those, we'd be in the championship now. That's Arabia as well now. All those guys, all those guys are delivering now. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, he definitely wants another forward player. And it's, I think the thing is, as well, it's about adding options, isn't it? And uh, the nucleus is there. And I think even the Neto stuff now, I mean, for the money we'd want for Neto, i think if, if you're one of those clubs who can afford that you'd be thinking yeah but he, he's just had another bad, bad injury for three months we'll keep an eye on him you know he might be so i don't think he'll go in up till the summer at least but he does want to bring in he doesn't clearly well fabio's gone he clearly doesn't answer sasa kolajic so if he can get a forward whether it be a number nine or another player who can play across the front three who will Give him what he wants because obviously i think you need to be high energy you need to be able to press you need to have legs then they'll do that i think and that the, all the, all the noise is coming out is that they're looking to do that but i don't think if you get to the end of the window and we haven't i don't think it's the end of the world now do you whereas no, I, I agree i, I
0: think for, i think we have to okay get another number nine in if Sasha's to go. Because if he's not going to use Sasha, Sasha needs to play. So maybe there could be something done there because there's no point having the player like that if we're not going to use him. He begrudgingly no. uses him when, when someone's knackered. So if he doesn't fit the bill, let's get someone else in on loan. Um, this sort of uh, just sinks in nicely with Kev Taylor. What uh, would the guys like to see? Uh, who, who would the guys like to see brought in as a centre forward in January? You know, the, the two recent names, Tyler, early one, there was... um idea that's playing in Italy, Assyria. I mean, he kicked up a bit of a stink, when he didn't get the transfer, I think Wolves have apparently gone back in for him, at trying to loan with a guarantee to buy. And another one, which I think is probably more realistic, Knockie, Um, Shay Adams from Southampton. I know, I know Daz talked about this in the past. This has been linked. Tyler Naki, how how would you feel if it was? I mean, he his contract runs out June twenty four. Um, six goals and two assists in twenty two games this season. He's been a sub quite a bit of the time. I mean, with, he suits the profile more. I'm happy with that because I think if, if he's he's got six
2: months left on his contract, what are Wolves paying? Five, six million quid for him? Tyler? I think it could be a bit of a no-brainer signing, really, if, if you can get him on the a, on a loan and then at the end of the season. I, I like that sort of profile. We, we talked about, we wouldn't get him, but the Solanke type profile and I like the look of the guy at Burnley as well, Foster. He's got yeah. that He's got faster as well, and you know, could you could you be cheeky if they're looking, uh, you know, struggling? They probably wouldn't sell him now, but would he be one you go for in the summer? I think it's that sort of fast profile, yeah, big, strong, happy going either way. Adams works for me, not as isn't for me. Fabio and Sass have gone, get him in and around the squad. See how he gets on for three or four months, and then if he does well, who knows? I, I don't see how it weakens the squad, and like Dad said, it gives us another option. Lucky Shay Adams a proven
0: Premier League player, not, not not the highest of goals, but he's got around 10 goal contributions plus every season he's been there. Scores, creates mobile, strong. I, I don't see how that's much of a risk when you already know what he can do. And if he's got players like Neto, Sarabia, Huang, Cunha off him, that kind of option can bring more out of those players
3: as well. It's a deal which feels right for me. It feels like a sort of deal that we would be looking at. Um we're not in a position where we have to buy anyone, but we're also got to be conscious that Europe's not a million miles away, so it's not. Well, we said it, hasn't it. well, We could be in know. that conversation, and that's and that's something that we could potentially be looking at. I think Adams works purely because he knows he's not going to play every week. Um, I think if everybody's fit, as it stands at the moment, with the goals we're scoring, you don't you don't look to change that. For me, I think the system works as it does, but it's a squad game now, and you need options from the bench. Adams is the sort of player who can come on and give you a different dynamic. He can change the game, move away from the pace and look for someone physical who can hold it up. He's the kind of player that if Kalajic had a little bit more physicality and pace about him, he he feels like that's what O'Neill's looking for, is just someone who can hold it up a little bit better. So I think the deal happens. He's had a lot of substitute appearances, but I think he also made it quite clear that he he wanted to move earlier in the season, so they've been planning for life without him. And as you say, six months, it's going to cost us peanuts to get him on loan for that period of time. And then I think if he impresses, he gets a chance of a contract, doesn't he? So it feels like a sensible one. And I don't, I don't think we'll do a great deal more. I know that's that kid we're looking at for 12 million young lad who's, who's on loan now to the end of the season. I think those are the kind of deals that we'll be looking at. He's preparing for next season, but in terms of what we look at to make us better, then Adams definitely improves the squad.
0: Just to to jump on your point, Naki there, um, Wolves are three points off a place in European football and 13 points clear of the relegation zone. So it's very I mean, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to keep enjoying it. I I don't think it's ridiculous.
3: I don't think we'll get, I don't think we're ready for you. I don't think we're quite at that level yet. Um, But it's nice to be in that conversation because all the conversations we've been in up to this point is can we survive in the league? So to be there and having a sniff of it and you win a couple more games in the next sort of, Four or five matches, and you, you you know you're deep in the conversation, aren't you? So it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Look what Villa are doing, and I'd argue that their squad isn't phenomenal. They've just found a way to win games. And I think that's something similar that we could potentially look at.
0: Daz, Wayne asks, how surprised are you guys with how well Gary O'Neill has done? And be honest, did you have serious doubts when he was first appointed? Well, I think the three of us I was away. From, away <laughs> I think the, the three of us away from from Daz were concerned, but. Equally, we could understand with no money keeping a squad up, which he did last year with Bournemouth. But, Daz, just answering Wayne's question, really, how well has Gary
1: O'Neill done and how surprised are you by the direction Wolves are travelling in? I was under, underwhelmed when he was appointed. Again, probably going from the Real Madrid manager, former in Spain manager, to, to Gary O'Neill. Um, then you start looking, digging a little bit deeper and thinking, well, I think Bournemouth, player for player, had the worst team last season in the league and he kept them up with something to spare. So that gives you something to build on. And we saw what happened at Man United the first game and got encouraged. I was, and I think we all were, after a couple of bad results. And then what happened at Ipswich in the Cup when they threw away the two-goal lead and we got beat then. And we, I don't, we were down amongst the dead men. We got Manchester City to come at home. The Manchester City game, in two ways, I think, was a massive turning point, not just for the the, the result and the way we got the result, but a couple of weeks later when he went on Monday Night Football and he played an absolute blinder because I don't think I've heard anyone call him a PE teacher since. At that point then, you thought... (laughs) No one there would do that, does. (laughs) And now, why they give him the job. Um, After the Ipswich game, and he knew, he, he said, like to achieve what I want to achieve in the long run, I need to get results in the short term. So he knew that the, the, the storm, I mean, look what's happened to Wayne Rooney today. You can have long-term plans, but you need to get results. Um, but it's, I'm absolutely, if you'd have said to me before the season started, you'll finish fourth bottom this season, I'd have taken We'd have it. we have all taken but it, I think. Certainly have taken it. Gary O'Neill would have taken it. Now, so, as I said earlier, I thought it was going to be a, a relegation battle, I don't think it's going to be now. Now, we all know things can change very quickly in football, but we've got 28 points. So let's just get those few more points over the line and just enjoy the rest of the season. And yes, I am surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised. And it's more than that. It feels as if this has been built on foundations. It feels like there's been a, a change in the mindset and in the culture at the club. And after, I say, a couple of years, when it felt as if eventually we were going to start circling the plug hole again, it's felt like that's been the direction of travel the last couple of years feels now as if well you've just mentioned the e-word who thought we'd be talking about that so the fact that it's even been mentioned shows that it's the club seems to be heading in a different direction and I think he's done terrifically in the way he's connected with the supporters as well it's not an act he he genuinely means it and he's genuinely overwhelmed and I think it tells you all doesn't it but at Brentford last week I think the crowd sung his name the away fans for for about half an hour non-stop you know and that is a connection with the manager and so just I'm really optimistic now and encouraged and quite excited. I never thought I'd be saying this back in August.
0: Tyler, it feels for the first time in a long time, I feel like we're all on the same page. There isn't an over-expectation, but there's a belief. We sort of get into understand that there's a Wolves sort of identity developing and everyone seems to be on the same page. So, I mean, where do, where do we go from here? But this brings us into the question What I wanted to add. So, Carl says, going on from what I said, what do Wolves need to improve in the second half of the season? As Gary mentioned, there is room for improvement. Now, if Gary thinks that after the last few wangs we've had,
2: how far can he take us this season? But it's fair that we don't get carried away because we have we have seen still sure. seen quite a few poor performances this season. So, I think to answer that question, it, it's, it's brilliant the teams that you're expected to beat. And we don't like talking about our neighbours at the Road Villa, but what impresses me the most with them, they beat the teams that are below them and they should beat. And I think that's where we can... If we if we go into games against Sheffield United, Luton, Burnley, Forest, and you just want to go and win them, because then you free hits to the games we've had, aren't they, you know, recently, your cities, your Tottenham. So that's the only bit for me. But with the confidence they've got at the moment, I don't see any reason why that can't happen and I probably will get a bit giddy and a bit carried away but I'd fancy let let's enjoy it though why yeah.
0: not we've had so much misery the last few years let's enjoy
2: it yeah and we are aren't we we clearly are some of the football that we've talked about has been has been brilliant again and it's a bit of a cliche but it, it's young and hungry again isn't it it's a very you know Dawson aside it's a young side isn't it a very young side with no egos like you said and the manager's got no ego that can grow together um and the sort of signing like Noki mentioned of the, the young Portuguese fella, they're the ones that get you excited because they're the ones that you know, you look at them as you come in and yeah, you know, he, he looks a real player. And if you can get a bit of that with a bit of Premier League experience thrown in, who knows, like we said Eddie, who knows where it can take us. But for me, the big improvement is is beating those teams that, that were expected to, or that you know, the weaker teams in the league. Clean oh. sheets. Clean shapes. Yeah, well. and we can get more of those, yeah. Carl,
0: thanks for the question and thank you everyone for the question. Last but not least, uh, Noki, Graham Jay, would you prefer a back four with a midfield three of Lamina, Doyle and Gomez or a back five with just a midfield two? Um, I, I think, think I it's
2: a three can... at the moment all day yeah, long. Of the, players the, we've got,
3: it, the players we've got, it has to be a three. If you want to get the best yeah. out of Nori and Samedo and you want your defensive unit to be as solid as it has been, it has to be in a three because we'll see what happens in a four. I think the long-term vision is probably going to be a four. Um, but the way it's working at the moment and with the players available to us and the system we play, it it has to be a three for me.
0: Do you know what's so good about this though, Daz, at the moment? We've, and quite often, I mean, I'd I'd include Nuno in this as well, the downfall of most managers is their stubbornness and their reluctance to change and even mid-game or going with the same system, Wolves have got a manager now that is happy to change it after 15 minutes, 20 minutes, he'll change it every week. There's an adaptable manager that will tweak it to the opposition as soon as he sees a problem because I've, I've sat on the, the terraces with, with Noki and Tyler and quite often we talk we talked about it at Sheffield United you can see where it's going wrong and it takes so long to change. This manager now seems to be evolving and he's happy to change it
1: immediately. Well look, you know, um, 12, 13 months ago I was happy to take like Everton did. It worked, he kept them up but look at the contrast now for a one-dimensional manager and, and good luck, you know, fair dues to him. He'll hope he keeps him up and all that. But and you look at football, has it's not been evolution. It's been revolution over the last two years tactically. And I've touched upon this earlier, especially the five substitutions rule now. It's the way that the game's played. you just say before, no two halves of football are the same. I don't think any 20 minutes of football are the same now. At the elite level, you need to be able to adapt and adapt quickly to what you're doing. And you're probably playing two, three, four different systems sometimes within a game. And and to the naked eye, it looks like you might not even realise that it's changed, but there are things that change. And you've got elite coaches. And I think we've got a coach now who is a thinker. He's very forensic. He studies the game and he's up there, up, up with the top ones in his regards of where the game is right now, rather than where it was six months ago or a year ago or two years ago. So I think that's encouraging. He's got a lot to learn as well. It's only his second year as a manager and he's mm-hmm. making mistakes. Uh, but I, I think young and hungry as, as a team, but also in the management as well, with we, we Derry alongside him. And it probably helps as well because instead of having a guy coming in who's 20 years older than throwing teacups up the wall and shouting at him, he's only finished playing five minutes ago. So he's he's in the, he's he, in he knows what the modern-day footballer Needs because he was one not long ago, and I think that helps as well. Um, moving on to the final set. Great stuff from there, Daz, by
0: the way. Thank you, and thank you for the questions. We put out a tweet each week. I get on as many as I can, so thank you for being part of the show, and, and, and it's a massive part of it. Noki, on Friday night, um, for TV purposes, unless you live in the UK, uh, Wolves are heading to uh, Brentford again in the Cup. Now, The FA Cup or any cup means so much and I think there'll be, I've seen people suggesting it on social media, there'll be a real temptation I know there's not a huge squad but there'll be a real temptation to maybe drop a Joe Hodgin or a Doherty and no disrespect to those players Lucky, I don't think Wolves can play anything but the strongest team and the reason for that is they've had six days days off and as Dan said then, they've got over two weeks left afterwards
3: I think we've given ourselves an opportunity with the with the last three games so I have a bit of a run at this now mm-hmm. um, you know we were all there when we we reached the semi-final and and that was you know, some fantastic games you that know, you think of the Man United home game oh. and the cup's still special to me it's, it's still something that I'd, I'd love in my lifetime to see Wolves win I don't know if that'll ever happen I doubt it but seasons like this when you've, you've you should be safe. I think if walls go down from where we are now, something has to really badly fall off. So, <laughs> it's a chance to have a bit of a go at it and, and just just see what you can do. If you can avoid those, you know those, those top two or three sides for, you know the first two or three rounds, you give yourself a chance, don't you? So, I'd like to see us go strong. We've got the break afterwards. We know there's going to be players missing. Brentford have still got injuries. They've still got a lot of players missing themselves. So, I don't think they're going to be. Hundred percent in what they put out there. So why not have a run at it? What's you know worst case scenario? You might as well just have a crack at it and see if you can you can have a bit of like a decent cut run to go along with what's been a decent first half of the season.
0: Tyler, any more flexibility in your thinking, or is there no excuses but just to play the best team that you've got? Well,
2: there's a minimum of two changes, isn't there? With eight Laurie and Wang, I don't really see any reason you need to change more than that. I suppose his quandary will be, he probably does need to give some players some game time. I, I can see both sides of the argument. You know, if we're talking about trying to push on for Europe, do you then say, put everything in that? But on the bit with Nock, I'd like to have a cut run as well. Confidence will be flowing. I'd make those two changes and maximum one more, but but that would be it for me. I, I wouldn't be making any more than that. Um But, you know, you've got Neto coming back. You've got Bellegarde, who needs a run in the team. Mm. Hugo Breno's going to have to get up to speed. Santi, does he deserve another game after doing all right there in the league? There are conversations to be had. I don't think it's as easy as just picking the same team every week. I'd certainly start Samedo. I'd certainly start Jose Sarr. I'd go strong where we should be going strong. But maybe three or four changes, maybe. Daz,
0: winning's such a great habit. If Wolves do make changes and then they lose, you're sitting on a loss for over two weeks then. Mm. I mean, I've made my thoughts pretty clear on this. I I don't think there's any excuse to play anything but the best team. They've had six days off. They've got two weeks off. Play your best team. Unless there's any severe fatigue from Christmas, no
1: excuses for me. I think think Knockit is on a really interesting point, actually. The fact that we've won the last three and you look at where we are now in the table, gives us the license to be able to take it seriously. Brentford, you mentioned their injuries. I mean, they're really struggling in the league and it gets to the point where you wonder whether Thomas Frank may even leave a few more out because he now will be, the only thing he'll give a monkey's about and the owners will give a monkey's about staying in the Premier League. So they may not even pick the strongest that they have available. So I think it's an opportunity for Wolves. Now, If we, if we pick, our strongest team, and we get beat. Yeah, you go, all right. But I think he'd be leaving himself I, I think there's a real opportunity to, to, to get, through, even if it's a replay, to get through into the next round and set us up nicely then for the second half of the season and just keeps the field good factor going. I'll be disappointed if he makes too many changes because I think, I mean, we could have lost that game at Brentford. You know, we won it 4-1. It could have gone the other way. I think we go strong because we it's not in ours if we're only a point clear of the bottom three. This time last year, we were in the bottom three. We're not this time. We're miles clear of it. So let's give the FA Cup a good go. Is there any temptation for anybody to start
0: Neto, or is it something like? Are we talking? I would start him. I'd, I'd start. Might, him. Yeah. You know,
3: I'd look. I'd look to give him 45, 60 minutes, maybe just to just to get some. some I mean, game that's one change. that's not weeks.
0: weakness, though. Is it? It's, it's nice. To, nice to have. But
3: well, if you lose Huang and well, you put Neto go. in, and you maybe switch things around, play you further over. You've got mm. options to do that, but. I would like. I prefer to see him start than come on from the bench. I think you get those minutes in his legs early, and then maybe with the quality he's got and the players that we've got around him, we could perhaps potentially kill the game off early, and then you know there's a there's a chance to bring a few off again, then, isn't there.
0: The one position I definitely wouldn't change, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. But we cannot have a cup keeper again because I feel like that's cost us in the past. I felt like that. That may, have hurt, that, may have, that may have hurt us in a, a huge game in recent times. I'm not pointing any blame, but I think the other keeper may have done a bit better. I don't think we can afford to be treating it like the League Cup. This is enormous. This is Wolverhampton Wanderers, and we haven't won a, won a trophy since 1980. We probably won't win it this year, but you know what? Let's do our best and try and find out. Let's just have a go at it. Um, rounding up the show of episode 84, it's predictions time. Um Tyler, we're gonna go we're travelling down on Friday. Looking forward to it. Um give me your Glad first you score and prediction.
2: <laughs> um oh, i just fancy to go and do a job there. And get in there. it's get, probably getting given. When Tyler's positive, me? you know it's good. Oh, no, it's no, going no. it's all gonna go wrong. Sorry, everyone, but <laughs> I think I think Daz is right. They're panicking, they won't be interested. And I think we'll go and win three one.
0: Wow, we don't get many of them from Tyler.
2: Nocky. Okay.
3: Oh, I think we'll win three 0 Oh my god!
2: <laughs> that- I, do, I do. I've got
3: a little. I've got a little sneaky. Pedro oh, Neto starts no. bang. Game's over by half time.
0: Oh my god! The clips—if this goes wrong, are going to be, What's rim- horrendous What's it- going to be slaughtered. Me boys. and
3: Tyler are usually accurate in everything we say, so there shouldn't <laughs> there shouldn't be any risk.
0: We have the expert. Last but not least, BBC WM's Daz Hale for the prediction for Brentford v Wolves in the FA Cup and first
1: scorer, please. No expert. I'm going one-one because it's just too much. Oh no! I'm not a replay. That's that's the last thing. Oh, or possibly a Collins own goal. (laughs) Um,
0: I didn't catch it. Sorry, I didn't catch your first scorer.
1: Well, I said Kilman or possibly a Collins.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll take that. Oh, it does 1-1 one, one, one would almost feel like a defeat? The last thing we to lose
2: great... 4-0, Yeah, imagine playing <laughs> Brentford
0: four, play Brentford four times in six weeks. Oh, sound, lads, that'd be really nice. That would really enjoy that. Um, I'm going to go with a comprehensive Brentford nil Wolves two. Um, I'm going to go with Mateus Cunha. I can't help myself. You know what? Eventually, I'm going to get it right. This has been episode 84 of the Wolves Report. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and Happy New Year to all my pundits on the show. Noki, club captain, director of football, Chris Tyler and BBCWM's Daz Howe, who can join on weeknights at 6pm for the football phoning and the Saturdays not, and Sundays when there are games. Daz.
1: I'm back on Thursday. Got tomorrow off.
0: Annual, annual part-time part, part on the football phoning. This has been <laughs> episode 84. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. Love the Wolves.